Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers. This Christmas, please support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. It's Santa's Day on 630 Chad. We're asking you to help 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous so that thousands of Edmonton kids will have a gift under the tree this Christmas. Call 587-416-1000 to donate or visit santasanonymous.ca. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, well, the shoe has dropped. Uh, we'll... On the Western Hockey League front, we can tell you that it is now official. The Edmonton Oil Kings in the biggest trade the organization has made in the modern era since coming back in in 07-08. The Edmonton Oil Kings have acquired Caden Gooley. He's out of Sherwood Park. He's a Montreal Canadiens first-round draft choice. He's the only returning defenseman uh, for the upcoming World Junior Championship. Check out what they gave up in this deal. They get Caden Gooley basically for the remainder of the 2021-22 season. They give up Carson Latimer, who was previously drafted by the Ottawa Senators, a fourth-round pick, a forward. Eric Johnson, a young defenseman, uh, a 2021 first-round pick. That's the Bantam draft that's going to get hosted um, here shortly in December. It was Kelowna's pick in a trade that Edmonton uh, got from Kelowna for Connor McDonald uh, during the 2019 Memorial Cup the, or 2020 Memorial Cup run. So a 2021 first rounder, a 2023 first rounder, a conditional 2025 third round pick. My guess is that'll have to do with how far Edmonton gets in the playoffs this year. And a 2022 sixth round pick. So six pieces traded to Prince Albert for what amounts to a WHL rental in Caden Gooley, who is a hell of a defenseman. He's the best defenseman in the Western Hockey League. Again, a stone-cold mortal lock to make Team Canada. And the Oil Kings now have, by acquiring Caden Gooley, uh, they've got the best goalie in the WHL in Sebastian Gosa and the best defenseman in Gooley to go along with Dylan Gunther and uh, Jake Neighbors. That would give Edmonton... Those four guys are going to be on the World Junior Team. So the Edmonton Oil Kings will have four players on Canada's World Junior Team. This is as big a deal as you'll see in the WHL. Uh, We're going to talk about a bunch of different things coming up with our next guest, but not before I tell you that, uh, again, it is Santa's Day on 630 Chad, inspired by a simple wish. We want to see every child receive a new toy at Christmas, and you can help make that wish come true. You can donate at 630 Chad's Santa's Anonymous now. The number is 587 416 1000 or visit santasanonymous.com and we're also in our power hour for Karen uh, so away we go make it happen they'll match every dollar dollar for dollar on that front without further ado we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and we welcome back to our show our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky just might be the best you've ever tasted search for Wilhawk W-I-L-H-A-U-K today Brian Lawton hello Brian how you doing Fantastic, Bob. How are you? I'm stoked because I I went and saw the Oil Kings play on Tuesday. Last year I saw them play eight times uh, in the WHL bubble, uh, the sort of cold bubble that existed. Uh, Everybody knew they were currently ranked number four across uh, 
uh, Major Junior Hockey right now. The top four teams uh, are all in the West, and Edmonton just got the best defenseman, Montreal Canadiens' first-round pick, Caden Gooley, to go along with Sebastian Kosin, Goal, uh, Neighbors, and Gunther. Those guys are all going to be on the Canadian World Junior team. Edmonton's going to, you know, they're obviously going to be a favorite to come out of the West this year. And, and Brian, as you know, there hasn't been a WHL champion win the Memorial Cup since Tristan Jari backstopped the Oil Kings in 2014. And speaking of backstopping, he is playing unbelievable right now for Pittsburgh. He's only given up three goals against in his last six starts. So lots of storylines. Have at it wherever you want to go, Brian. <laughs> Let's start with the, uh, the reigning best player in the world against the guy that used to be the best player in the world and break it down from there. Okay. That, of course, would be yeah, that's... Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby. Yeah, there you go. Wow, we do have a game tonight, as Kevin Lowe reminded me of in the last segment. So, uh, I mean, it's it's an interesting one. The Oilers haven't won in regulation, Brian, since Michelle Terrian had this epic meltdown back in 2006, uh, a night in which Sean Horkoff got a hat trick and Terrian went off and you know, it's like they do not care and did, the, did all that kind of stuff. Pittsburgh has kind of really had the, the orders have won games, but they've always been in overtimes or shootouts. That just sometimes happens, doesn't it? It does, especially with the non-conference teams playing each other. A lot of times, everybody's looking for points, and both teams would, on some nights, it would appear, would be delighted to make sure they at least get one point knowing that the other one probably won't bite them, bite them in the rear end if they end up losing it. But everybody, of course, wants the two points. You just said something there. The current best player in the world against the former best player in the world. Uh, so are, are, you, are you conceding the best player in the world right now is Connor McDavid, Brian? I am. Now, guys have pride. And some listeners will say, oh, yeah, what has Connor McDavid ever won? And how would you respond to that question? He hasn't won a couple Olympic goals. He hasn't won three Stanley Cups. That is certainly a feather in Sid's cap. That is certainly how you get to be considered the best player in the National Hockey League for a long-standing run. I think Connor recognizes that. He's only 24 years old. I think we'll be talking differently about that statement in four, five, six years from now. Well, that's music to the ears of Oilers fans because you have made some predictions, Brian, that have ultimately come true, like saying keep an eye on uh, a fellow by the name of Dave Tippett to be the coach of the team. Now, take me through this. Tonight, the Oilers will have 2,378 games of NHL experience out on defense. No Duncan Keith. No Cody C, who's CC, Brian, who's been Edmonton's steadiest D-man this year. Darnell Nurse still out. Slater Cuckoo out. Um... Lagason, 29 games of NHL experience. Bouchard at 41 games. Broberg, tonight will be game five. Nima Linen will make his NHL debut. A veteran team like Pittsburgh, Brian, you know they're going to target that inexperience and youth on the Oilers back end. They are, and one thing about the Penguins is they come really hard. They were able to sustain the level of play that shocked a lot of people when Crosby and Carter and Latang and others like Rust were all out, and they did that on the strength of their work work ethic. That's what's going to make this game really interesting because I believe that Dave Tippett is going to have his group in the same frame of mind as Pittsburgh will be, and then you're going to see the two superstars battle it out. Um, Sid knows that he's not as dynamic as Connor, but he also knows that 
He's got championship rings behind him. He's got Olympic gold medals behind him. He also knows on any one given night, he can still be the best player in the world. He may not be able to sustain it over an 82-game season. As a matter of fact, the number of games he's playing are starting to drop a little bit. But that's to be expected. Uh, if Alex Ovechkin wasn't over there in a the corner doing what he's doing, um, I wouldn't even have any concern whatsoever about Sid. But father time, aging, the miles you put on to win championships, play in Olympics, it does catch up with you to some degree, particularly when you get in your mid-30s. All right. I'm going to get you to put on your GM hat on this one. The New Jersey Devils, Jack Hughes, eight times eight. Uh, I can remember the criticism here in Edmonton when Leon Dreisettle, who, by the way, was just named the player of the month for the month of October. We talk about the McDavid versus Crosby matchup, and yet it's uh, Dreisettle. It's leading the league in goals, power play goals, game-winning goals, points. Leon's had a pretty good start to the year. Uh, anyway, bottom line here, man, Leon Dreisaitl, eight times eight and a half. Everybody criticized it. Jack Hughes, eight times eight. He, I mean, the New Jersey Devils have less information on Hughes than the Oilers had on Dreisaitl. From the New Jersey perspective, why did that contract signing make sense, do you think? You know what? I have a couple of theories on this. The first is, is you want to get out in front of it. And that's generally good business if you're certain on a player. Really good business, as a matter of fact. Uh, in Jack's case, I, I always look at the timing. You know, why now? Could they have waited to the end of the year? Uh, there's really no questions that Jack has the ability to develop into a really good player. The only question I would raise is I need to see him do a thing that I've seen a lot of these other kind of smaller players be able to do, and that is not get continually hurt. Okay, I'd be talking about uh, Johnny Goodrow. You know, Johnny proved through the USHL three years at Boston College and even in the NHL that he could play effectively and not get hurt. Patrick Kane, unlike Jack Hughes, had a full year of junior hockey in the OHL in London before he graduated on. He proved, and I really thought that year was instrumental for him, he proved he could move around the ice, work his magic, and not put himself in harm's way too often. I think it's only happened a couple times to him, and one time he separated his shoulder. That's in 13 years. I, w I need to feel better about that with Jack Hughes. He plays a little bit aggressive, a little bit reckless at times. I'd like to see him not have to work out those kinks with men. I wish he had had maybe a little bit of time in between. I don't doubt the greatness that he has, the patience, the skating is off the charts, um, but he is a slight player, and that would have caused me to probably wait to watch him play a little bit more. The New Jersey Devils tried this with Nico Heischer, and I would say it's worked out just okay. $7 million player at this point. Hasn't really taken it to the next level. Had nice consistency when he came into the league, threw in a couple 50-point seasons, you know, right off the bat. But you haven't seen that progression that you want when you're going to pay a guy how Dreisaitl was paid or how now Jack Hughes is being paid. So uh, for me, it's all in the timing. I think timing's a little premature. I understand why the player would do it. That's a no-brainer. I think for the team, it's a little premature. They could have waited. 
it wouldn't have changed the equation, Bob. All right. We're joined right now by Brian Lawton, who started Octagon's player agency, general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, works for the NHL Network, uh, is sourced out on multiple occasions by... Uh, by the way, uh, can you uh, confirm or deny, uh, how's your fluidity in French? Would you be an option for the Montreal Canadiens? <laughs> I am not an option. I spoke to Jeff the other day, Gordon, who I wor- was working with at NHL Network, uh, I am not an option. I wish them well. There's a lot of things happening in the management ranks in the National Hockey League right now, though. That is for certain yes. a lot more than just the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that is uh, becoming blatantly apparent. Uh, no question about it. Brian Lott joining us. All right, so, Brian, here's here's my perspective. Like, when I look at Dreisaitl, I remember when he signed that contract, he'd had a 77-point season in the NHL and had 16 points in 13 games. And frankly, in the second round against Anaheim, was the best player in that series. Like, to me, that's more information than what uh, New Jersey has with Jack Hughes. Oh, by the way, Leon's six foot two and, you know, 210 pounds. Big, you know, considerably different body. So uh, I, I looked at that one. I was kind of like, wow. You know, when I saw the New Jersey, it didn't surprise me given what they did with Esher. But, you know, I kind of looked at. I personally think Kirby Doc's going to be a better long-term player than Jack Hughes. But maybe I just got a little bit of the Canadian, you know, the Alberta, the Edmonton boy bias there. Speaking of Edmonton boys, Jake DeBrusque in Boston, your old agency, Rick Vallette, represents Jake. Uh, the story got out. I think Elliot was the first guy to put it out there. Uh, Elliot Friedman, who joins us every Friday. I know he's on the NHL Network as well. Uh, Brian, with you guys. Uh, and now we're subsequently finding out information that the actual discussion on a potential trade occurred during the summer. Now the uh, the word is officially out that Jake DeBrusque has uh, requested a, a trade. Take me through that uh, in, in terms of from uh, an agency's perspective. Why is that done? I think you just hit a certain plateau where you, you're continually seeing signs and it's frustrating for Jake or the player in this case that uh, you're probably, even though he had a 27-gold season, that was a few years removed now, you can kind of see the writing on the wall that the organization does not have confidence in you still. And that starts to break down. Uh, I don't think anybody would deny the fact that Boston's probably fielded or had some discussions in the past about moving Jake to Bruss. They haven't got what they wanted, obviously, or he would have been moved. Uh, Jake hasn't performed to the level they want. I think Jake would be the first person to tell you that. He knows he's got more to give. But psychologically, it does happen where players just reach a point and organizations reach a point where it would be better off if he was plying his trade somewhere else. $4.4 million to be qualified. That's going to be a challenge, is it not? It is, and that's going to make it really hard to trade him now because every general manager, every team that calls on Jake DeBrus, and make no mistake, people will call. Uh, Jake has left a good taste in not every team's mouth, but a lot of teams around the league will look back and say, boy, in our organization, he would be not behind Brad Marchand and Taylor Hall. So he would be potentially a second-line winger that could skate and score We'd have a lot of time for a guy like that. Um, that will help get interest, but at the same time, those people will be sitting there going, but if I look at Boston and they're playing him on the third or fourth line at best when he's not scratched, 
I can't see them qualifying that player for $4.4 million. And that's where the game begins. Boston will say they want a top 15 pick. A team that calls will say, would you take a third rounder? Hey, we're uh, we're 19 games into the season. Taylor Hall, and I got a lot of time for Taylor Hall, and you know that. Five goals and 11 points in 19 games. It's not like he's killing it either. Jake's at 3-3 and 6 and 18. Uh, obviously, Marshawn, Brad Marchand, as you know, Brian's the third highest scoring player in the NHL over the last five seasons. So behind the two guys here in Edmonton. So, I mean, he's he's pretty good. So it's it's interesting. They haven't had – it's got to be stated. Not everybody wants to hear this, including people in Boston. How many young forwards have really progressed there over the last few years? Not a ton, to be honest with you. And the reality is they really don't have – you know, uh, any, anybody that resembles a potential scoring second-line center. Since David Krejci left, yeah. you know, that's obviously been an issue for them. Charlie Coyle is not that guy, in my opinion. Uh, Eric Halla is not that guy, in my opinion. That hasn't worked very well for them at all. Eric's still kind of trying to get back to where he was skating-wise before his knee injury. Yeah. Um, the thing that's perplexing to me about that situation is that Jake did get some chances to play with David Krejci. Not as many as he probably should, but at the same time, uh, there was never really any magical chemistry there. The fact of the matter is when I look at Boston, there are three top guys play the majority of the minutes of every power play. Krejci was the anomaly that could slide in as a fourth forward on that power play and put up some numbers. Nobody else has proven to be able to do that. As you said, Taylor's got 11 points in 19 games. Charlie Coyle, he's got 11 points in 19 games. Jake DeBrus is the next highest scoring forward, and we know they're not pleased with him with six points in 18 games. Yeah, crazy stuff. One final one for you, and we're going to circle back again. Uh, we've got Crosby versus McDavid. Let's not forget about a guy named Drysaddle. No Melkin for the Penguins tonight. Uh, but a, a trade made, Caden Gooley comes to uh, uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings. As a former general manager, let's put yourself in the shoes of the Montreal Canadiens and Jeff Gordon. How happy do you think Jeff is that he's got a guy that goes to Prince Albert, which was probably going to be on the outside looking in, to go into a team Edmonton that's obviously all in, uh, and I don't think Kurt Hill's done yet in terms of adding, uh, but all in uh, going for it, potentially not just playing in the World Juniors, but going on a long playoff run on a good team. Yeah, I think Jeff would be really pleased by that move, as would Caden. Ultimately, you just want to see, for any players you're developing, it's always the same rule. How can we get these guys in a position where they can play in bigger games, the biggest games of the year at their level, hopefully, so that they can experience a level of growth that Caden probably wouldn't have gotten Prince Albert. That's all. It's a real benefit, though. That is how players really move forward the quickest way with the most depth to their game. So this is a great move for the Edmonton Oil Kings, for the Montreal Canadiens. Um and, and for Caden, quite frankly. Great stuff, Brian. Appreciate the time. We'll get back at her next Wednesday when we have you on again. Fantastic. Thank you, Bob. You bet. Brian Lawton, 1252 in Edmonton. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Tell 
Brendan, Chris, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. And again, it is Santa's Day here on 630. Chad, we got a lot to get to, but we just want to remind you that uh, inspired by a simple wish to make every child receive a new toy at Christmas, with your help, we can make that wish come true. You can donate to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous now by calling 587-416-1000 or visit santasanonymous.ca. You can help bring Christmas to the more than 20,000 children in need by donating today. And again, I know that the Edmonton Oil Kings are out in full force supporting uh, uh, Santa's Anonymous today. And we are in our Karen Measurement and Controls Power Hour. Well, they will match your donation during the course of the 12 to 1 o'clock hour here on 630 Chet, the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Elks. We'll take a quick time out, come back with some of your texts. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from the Edmonton Oilers. This Christmas, please support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. 12.55 at Edmonton again. It is uh, Santa's Day and 630 Chad for Santa's Anonymous. Sid Smith's going to join us at uh, 105 today. But with an update, here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, we've uh, we've smashed it out of the park this hour. Everybody that's donated, thank you so much. We have uh, cleared, I believe, twelve thousand since you dropped the puck here at the top of the the, the hour, Bob. Uh, up over eighty two thousand three hundred for the day so far. So great job on uh, all the donations. Once again, that is huge numbers on that front. Greatly appreciated. For you Oilers fans out there, uh, you can join New West Travel for a four-night road trip to Music City, Nashville, Smashville, Nash Vegas, Nashville, Tennessee to see the Oilers play the Preds. The last time the Oilers were in Nashville, Leon Dreisaitl scored four goals in one game. This package includes exclusive non-stop flights with flair errors, four nights in a deluxe hotel, a great game ticket, and a welcome reception with special guests. All for $1,750 $50. Join the Nashville Road Trip. Call New West Travel 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. So it's Edmonton and Pittsburgh tonight. We got time to get to this clip. We're back into the Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear. And Dave Tippett was asked today to compare and contrast Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby. Well, I, the parallels you go back to every now and then, it's probably the media or whoever talks about generational players, and they've both been slotted in that category. Um, both young Canadian players with great resumes coming up to get in the pick first overall and uh, get in the league, and they deal with... I think the easiest thing for both those players is to get in and get on the ice and play because that's what they do best. I think dealing with all the other stuff that comes along with being those generational players is uh, is a real learning experience. And uh, I know Sid, as a young player, came through that and has done an unbelievable job, you know, not just for Pittsburgh but for, for the league. And Connor's in that vein also. So there's a, there's a learning point, a learning part of the game that to be leaders of not just their team, of the game, both of them have done an unbelievable job. And I think, you know, you say, is there things Connor's learned? You know, I watched, you know, played with Mario. I'm sure Mario had a great influence on, on Sid. And Sid, the way he conducts himself and the way he carries himself and and uh, is, is a real credit to him and, and what he does for the game. And I think Connor, those are things that Connor has picked up on as the years have gone by. And, and uh 
does it very much, you know, does a lot of the same things. So they're both incredible players. They both are great for the game, great people. And uh, like you say, it's too bad they don't play against each other more, but we'll get to see it tonight. Oilers and Penguins tonight, a TNT broadcast. Uh, their crew's in town, Kenny Albert, who also does a little bit of uh, NFL football. We're talking about Chuba Hubbard, who's going to be in the building tonight. The uh, graduate of o- Oklahoma State, now plays with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Keith Jones, Eddie Olchuk as well, uh, Jack and uh, Louie. Uh, Gene, uh, myself, and uh, a far better guest for the intermission, Craig McTavish, will be uh, uh, involved with sports, and obviously Cam, myself, Robin Reed on the Oilers Radio Network. This concludes our Karen Measurement and Controls Power Hour. You can still jump aboard. you got two minutes uh, for the SantasAnonymous.ca for online donations and our donation number for Santa's Day for Santa's Anonymous, 587-416-1000. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and a voice from the past here on 630 Chad Sid Smith when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.